welcome back to the Access Code Podcast, hosted by yours truly, the fly pot himself, Cody. On today's episode, I have a special guest in Chisel Adonis, and y'all, this was a great conversation that I had with him, so check it out. Still the summertime. I got a special guest on this episode, y'all, so stay tuned. Yeah, we doing things now, man. It's just another day in life, you know. Always try to do some big business. Sometimes when we having fun, some shit goes down, you know. You ain't expecting nothing, then something come out of nothing. It was just another typical day in the summer. Me trademark crab chuck my little brother. Put the whips out. He cruised up to the strip, man. Three wheel motion, killing fools like a hit, man. We on some chill shit vibing out. We still in the mix, fuck hiding out. On the corner of L Street, I locked eyes with her. I ain't stepping, man. This bitch had guys with her. She came through the crowd, walked over to me. Catching me off guard, she acting like she knew me. Her name was Shannon, huge cannon. She's hanging with Melissa. This big booty chick, you couldn't mess up. This chick was like a fitted cap all over my thumbs. Said she wanna get down, but I ain't taking her home. That's when she said she lived right down the street. She loved white chocolate when I got some sweet. Episode 21. 21, 21. I got 21 episodes. That's what's up. Y'all, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Access Code Podcast. Yeah, I decided to play a little John Cena because in the interview I have with my special guest, we kind of mentioned a little bit about some wrestling and and um, we're getting close to SummerSlam because by the time you guys hear this, SummerSlam will be this coming Saturday and the main event is Roman Reigns versus John Cena. So I know a lot of y'all probably don't want to hear about no wrestling if you're not a wrestling fan. So it is what it is. Oh, but I will mention this. Have y'all seen the picture of the black dude that looked just like John Cena? Like... Like that is crazy. They put a like a side by side picture, and that it. <laughs> somebody said that's what John Cena uh, thought he looked like in the mirror back in two thousand five. So that was crazy. And the and the cool part about all this that I'm mentioning him right now is uh, he follows me on Twitter. So I'm still brag about that. I do sometimes check if he still follows me, but amazing. So shout out to John. Y'all, today, um, Action Pack episode, um, I have to say this real quick. I have put out a bucket list of guests who I want to have on this podcast. And achieving a good lump sum of those guests is going to like make me so proud that I even went forward to do these things. Um, especially for the fact that you know this is a podcast that also does interviews. And let me tell you. You know, right now, people on my phone and it's the case of I know some people that on a personal level that, you know, and I still haven't reached out to yet. But, you know, I'm still looking forward to it or in the fact that, you know, I just want to be able to make sure that the timing is right. So, you know, if you are somebody that um that I am friends with, uh, you know, your acquaintance or you got some things going on big and you listen to the show and I haven't reached out to you, just know it, it will happen, but I will find some time to do that. But getting some people on the show that I have 
always wanted to just have a conversation with just on some just regular shit. That is something I really want to do. And I was able to accomplish the first one. Y'all, today I have on my show Chiseled Adonis. And let me tell y'all, I've uh, discovered him back in 2017 just off somebody uh, posting a video on uh, Facebook, actually. And I watched it and it had me rolling. And of course, when you see something that you like, like you may listen to a song for the first time. You might watch a movie and see like an actor or whatever. And let's just say you do the Googling and you try to figure out more about the person or whatever. And then you come across, they have other things that's happening. You want to be able to watch watch the stuff that you haven't watched yet. Like the previous stuff before the, the first time you got to see them or hear them or whatever. And I did that. And let me tell you, that night I subscribed to his YouTube and been following him on social media. And I was able to, to get that. And let me tell you, when I got the uh the email back because i sent out a few emails just to some people just to you know we'll, we'll see what happens it's one of those cases where if it don't happen it's not right now timing is everything and i'm still in the beginning stages of this podcast but with that being said about a month later i had just got redone redone <laughs> i just got done recording the podcast with charisma on episode 20 that you guys heard last week and i just happened to be checking my emails and i see that he replied so i'm like oh oh yes yes let's get this going and i was like let's do this immediately because i don't want to wait too much time i obviously i'm ready and i was able to come up with questions like that so y'all I have them on my show and one of my favorite memories because i did uh, chop it up with him after our uh, conversation that you guys are about to hear. I want I mentioned that uh, I do have a favorite moment, and it was just because of how everything is. So for everybody that does know me on a personal level, you should know by now I am not an Oklahoma Sooner person. I despise them more of the fans, but the team is good. But at the same time, you know when they lose, I can't help it to go ahead and you know make some fun. You know. It's all it's just how being a fan of, of college football is or just fans in general, whatever sport you may watch. And honestly, I didn't expect this. But when I realized he was doing the the New York Six Bowl games commentary, because he does NFL commentary, NBA commentary and just some other uh, adventures, you know, wrestling here and there. Y'all, as I'm saying this, and you guys listen to this, please check out the YouTube channel for real. But he did one on the Oklahoma Sooner Georgia Bulldog Rose Bowl game, which was one of the best games um, that was played that year, right? And so this was the 2017 o Oklahoma team. Baker cocky as I don't know what, and made it to the play, you know to the playoffs. So hopefully they win one playoff game and get to the next one, go against the winner of Clemson and Alabama. And, of course, they did not win. Well, of course, the person I like to watch football with is my mom. And she don't like the Sooners as much as I don't like the Sooners. So I wanted to share this video with someone. So might as well share it with someone who doesn't like the Sooners as well. And that's my mom. I mean, my best friend Nick, he don't like the Sooners either. But And I know I've shared some other videos for him and everything. But this was the one I have to show. So let me tell you, the commentary on this was it look you know what i'm gonna play the best clip 
of that episode. Georgia looking for the knockout punch. Sony Michael takes a direct snap. He's running to his left. He's going to break to the outside and he's got a lane. He's going into the end zone for the game winning touchdown. Georgia's going to the national championship. Oklahoma blew a 17 point lead. Baker Mayfield. Put your motherfucking head back down, you big dummy. All that shit you was talking and you still lost. Look at the Oklahoma Sooners fans. They're beside themselves. They're crying. Mm, yes, your tears, they taste so yummy. Jim Ross, put your motherfucking head back down. God is my witness. Every single Oklahoma Sooner fan's hearts are broken in half. Baker Mayfield, get your team and Sooner Nation on their feet. Put on your running sneakers and run all the way on the L train, you goddamn bums. How do you blow a 17-point lead? I have a better chance seeing Brian Bosworth not take steroids than see this team win the national championship. Put your motherfucking head back down, you goddamn bums. Yo, for real, y'all got to check out. All his stuff on YouTube right now. He's everywhere. He, he's gonna plug it at the end of the um, of the conversation we just had. And also, he just had got some more merch. So go to chiseladonisshop.com right now to go pick up some stuff. I'm gonna have to do uh, the same as just go ahead and support him because he was able to do the episode for me. So I gotta go ahead and pay it for it for him as well. Y'all, we're gonna get into the to the clip to the conversation. Chisel the Adonis on Access Code. All right, so boom. And I always wanted to start that in any of my podcasts. So thank you for going ahead and pinning that for me. Um, I have with me Chiseled Adonis. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual, the Chiseled Adonis. I'm happy to be here with you, brother. <laughs> I, I swear, actually, I was practicing how to do that. And I was <laughs> thinking like how I was going to go ahead and try to introduce you. And I was like, you know what? Probably not going to do it right because I was going to do it on one try. So, hey, uh, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. It is. <laughs> All right. So uh, first thing I want to ask you is uh, how did you get started in comedy? Man, I worked a year in 2015. I worked in the airport and mm -hmm. I knew that ultimately this is not what I want to do for my life. But I, I at that particular point, I knew comedy was something that I always wanted to go into. Okay. So but um, I knew from doing my research the one thing that i don't want to find myself in is being the guy who's going through the stand-up gimmick oh i should say the stand-up gambit and it says it takes seven years for you to find your funny mm. and i didn't want to have to have you know because my parents were already you know transitioning into their 60s yeah. i'm in a situation where i'm like if i know i'm going to open mic after open mic and i'm broke it's not going to really work out. So what I did was work for the entirety of 2015, saved up $13,000. And from that particular point, um, left that job. And it's been nothing but comedy since. So okay. I did my very first open mic in February of 2016. I started my YouTube channel. or I should say started uploading on my YouTube channel and um, Facebook twitter instagram in um i believe it was march of 2016 and just figured you know i'll do both at the exact same time simultaneously and here we are okay okay i like that and so um with everything that's happening for you for your career uh who were your influences growing up uh definitely at the top of the list would have to be patrice o'neill he's yeah. my favorite you know comedian of all time and pretty much my biggest influence i think i always wanted to do comedy but mm -hmm. somebody like patrice was 
he was able to give me that additional push because watching how he went about things, he was one, he was a one of one. Yeah. There was a lot of yeah. people that you can view and say, ah, that person emulates this person. This mm -hmm. person emulates that person. Patrice was a one of one. So then seeing somebody like him go out there and do stand up, I said, man, and even not only just stand up, but in the radio game as well, whether he was on ONA or, th or even his Black Phillips show, I'm like, man, you know what? This is a guy who's paid. He's paved his own way. Unfortunately, yeah. I never got a chance to meet him, but he was at the top of my list for comedic influences. And then you've got your uh, um, Dave Chappelle's. Mm. Uh, uh, you got Dave Vitale, uh George Carlin, who I'm love George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Bill Burr, all of these guys. So I'm just trying to take a, a, a mixture of all of those guys that I watched growing up. But Patrice, for me, is, is at the top of the list. It was crazy is that um, as I was preparing for, you know, for our conversation today, I also was like, you know what, I got to go ahead and listen to Elephant in the Room. And it don't matter how many years go by, that would still make me laugh. Mm -hmm. it's just because it, it, it was just it was perfect like that's probably like top five to me comedy specials you know for real so yeah. oh i agree 110 percent. what's interesting i bought elephant in the room like i already had saw it but i'm mm -hmm. like man you know i'm gonna support man's legacy i actually yeah. have the dvd it's not within arm's reach but i'm looking at it from this direction <laughs> so yeah actually when i bought the dvd man that you're, yeah. you're absolutely right man top five special of all time yeah and so now since, you know, I because I discovered you first on Facebook in 2017 from a, a friend just, you know, um, uploading the, like, actually just sharing the video. And it was ah. week, hold on, I had written it down, week six, week six. Mm -hmm. it, that was probably, like, the one that just was, like, so, you know, after that, you know, of course, I got to go back and just listen to from week one and then, you know, for everything like that, for all the NFL specials. So, since then, since been watching you and following you, you know, my favorite ones have been LeVar Ball, the, the ESPN mishap, uh, the entanglement thing from, uh, from Jada Pinkett, and the Aisha Carey video. So I ask you this, do you have a favorite video of yours that you've done? Man, a favorite video of mine that I've I've done. Well, I, at the top of the list, I can definitely say the um the fat family commentary. That one was <laughs> that was great. That's a legendary uh, um video. Like still, it's going for people going viral off of that video still till this day. Yeah. Um that that one it has a special place in my heart, not because it's like the most viewed across the entire internet. Like I'm pretty sure if you were to compile everywhere it's been posted, it's well over a hundred million views. But yeah. it's how it happened that made it so special because I was just sitting here and then my brother was within like arm's reach. And then we came across this video on Facebook. Uh -huh. I went, I got it like 30 seconds in. I'm like, Oh, I got to do something on it. I just grabbed the, the mic spoke uh -huh. for five, some minutes, uploaded it, went to sleep, woke up. It was blowing up. I'm like, God damn, where did this come from? But uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely the fat family commentary. And I guess if I had to say another one, it would have to be my rant on the MTA in 2017 wow. as well. And that that one, that one was something because I just sat down in the car and I just went. Hey, you know, a lot of you know, like, cause, cause, like in the in the studio setting you have right now, plus the car, I've always just like when I know you, like in one of those two spaces, I'm like, oh, okay, this is gonna be good, you know. Mm. So I do appreciate when, uh, all the work you have done and everything. This was a question, just not like for the podcast, but like just the fact that I'm even getting to talk to you is even great. But then now I can ask you this question: Do you have 
NFL League Pass to watch all these like videos for the NFL before you upload them? Because I've always just been like, how does he get all of these clips and just was ready to do all the like the commentary for him? Twitter. So Twitter, Twitter, Twitter is where I go to because initially, what's funny was for the um this past Hall of Fame game mm-hmm. uh, between Pittsburgh and, and Dallas, yeah. I had to get the free trial of Game Pass for the very first time, <laughs> and it, it expires tomorrow. So, um, but I I, I get everything through Twitter because um okay. what I do for the um specifically for the Sunday um commentary and big shout out to you, you know, for um week six of 2017, if I'm not mistaken, that was my highest viewed one for um 20. 17 on facebook i think i had gotten to like two million yeah before they ended up starting blocking me down the line but that's a that's a different conversation (laughs) yeah but uh um with with uh twitter basically what happens is every single team all 32 whether they're playing at the same time or later on and throughout the days they'll always post their touchdowns Mm. there and and their turnovers as well um well if they if they take the ball away most likely they're going to upload that clip if not Mm. somewhere on twitter it's going to be uploaded like now twitter has taken the forefront of sports media so rather than wait until let's say the nfl or um, nfl network ESPN, CBS, they up before they even get a chance to upload the highlight, Twitter already got it. So if it's not directly from the team, somebody else may have already uploaded that clip. So Sunday's commentary, which is always so special because I have the entire video done of all of the games with the exception of, you know, Sunday night football, of course, yes, well, usually great. before Sunday night football even right. starts because throughout the afternoon, I'm compiling these clips as I go. So okay. um, I don't have league pass. A lot of people thought I did, but what's interesting about it is regardless of the fact that I get all the highlights from Twitter, I'll spend, let's say, after Sunday night football is over, I'll probably stay up for like an additional six hours. I'll watch two full games in length. And then the following day, I'll watch some games here and there because I just really enjoy football. Yeah. And credit for you for doing that. You know, like, and then, mate, I'm not going to front because one, I don't have a favorite NFL team, but I can definitely tell you, I look forward to your videos probably more than the game itself, just because of the fact that it's like, you know, like the commentary that they're going to have is just, you know, they're how they're supposed to do it. And then yours is just, it brings it like a funnier light and stuff. Or I'm not going to front, and I'm pretty, pretty sure for all the people that, that definitely follow you that can listen to say this. I'm pretty sure every time when someone watches a game and thinks of a turnover or a touchdown, they're mm-hmm. like, all right, I know exactly what he could probably say right here, you know, or mm-hmm. if it's the interception, because straight off the bat. I'm already ready for like what he gonna say, and it makes it funny even when you do say it. So yeah, yeah, um, that's something I always wanted to do because um one of the things of why I started the whole commentary series was I was just scrolling on Facebook, mm-hmm. and then I came across, and I actually initially started with the NBA because the very yeah. first commentary series I ever did was the NBA Finals in 2017 when um okay. Golden State had won, you know, in five. Mm-hmm. So I was just scrolling and I watched the highlights, and I thought, man, you know, there is no Chris, at this time, I don't think Chris Berman was doing um, ESPN primetime. I think it was still relatively suspended for the time being. So at that particular time, like, man, you know, somebody should compile these highlights together and Mm -hmm. then have like jokes or there should be like a comedian doing it. Because I remember uh, Bill Burr on his podcast, he would just talk about certain different things. And there was a YouTube channel that would put whatever he was talking about behind his voiceover. I'm like, man, that'd be hilarious. And I thought, man, you know, I should do that. 
So when that happened, I said, all right, let me go find the NFL primetime music. Mm -hmm. And I was able to find a ton of the instrumentals. And then from that point, like, shit, let's give it a try. And week by week, it just it kept growing. Okay, All right. See, I'm getting this information. I like this. Oh, is there a specific reason why your videos keep getting blocked? Because I be getting mad when they do. Honestly, I have no clue. The the, the <laughs> problem that I have with it is just a lack of transparency with yeah. all of social media. Because if it was just a copyright thing, I have no issue with it. But the problem that I have with it is when it happens, when they happen to say there's copyright problems, you'll have other YouTube channels that upload the exact same thing, but they have the actual clip straight from the game. It's not altered anything, but yeah. their videos will be able to live. Mine, they'll end up taking it down. Now, if everything was a community guidelines, like, okay, I'm violating this, I'm saying this that I'm not supposed to say, I'm doing that. Right. I get it. But again, it's just a lack of transparency because they'll tell you, hey, you violated community guidelines. Mm -hmm. All right what are the community guidelines these are the community guidelines and there's like 70 but they never specify what it is it's like getting pulled over mm -hmm. and they give you a traffic ticket and they say hey you violated the law you're like all right what did i violate well you violated one you violated the law there's a ton of laws well one of them you violate so how can i how can i make the appropriate sort of adjustments to avoid making the same mistake again when there's no sort of transparency that's there so that's the only problem i got with getting blocked because i say some wild stuff i do but um there, there's there's things that are even wilder on, on all of these different you know platforms they got people getting murdered they got people getting raped all this other stuff and you know they taking down my videos for trying to make some jokes so you I know remember that. I remember i think you spoke on that too and i was like yeah he, he totally is right about that so yeah so this is this is the question i definitely like when i was coming up with these this was the first one that came to my mind so has any family members or fans of cody parkey nick folk or zane gonzalez ever got at you for any of the things you said no, no, surprisingly, no. I, 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 I was shocked that Nick Folk had never had anybody in his camp reach out. Because Cody Parkey, in a sense, mm -hmm. I, I Cody Parkey, everybody was getting on Cody Parkey. Right. But when I started getting on Nick Folk, it was at a moment where it was just me throughout the entire season. Like he wasn't even on a team after he got cut. Right. But I was he was the running <laughs> gag. Like if you went to any of his posts on like Instagram or um, I don't know if he has a Twitter account, but definitely on Instagram, people mm -hmm. would just tag me in his comments on all this other stuff. Like I think right now his his comments are probably limited. So if you go back to like 2017, 2018, when he got signed in the um, was it the AAF? Yeah, yeah, the AAU. No, it was the AAF, because I don't think he was in the XFL. But he was in the AAF, and when he had gotten signed, immediately the tweet came out. There had to be about 250 different tweets that I got. I almost forgot I even had Twitter at that time. Everybody blew up my time. Like, yo, Nick Folk got signed. You got to say something. We can't let this bum out here keep kicking. I'm like, damn, man. Yeah, but surprisingly, their family members never came after me yet. Yes, I, I, I would feel bad if I was if this is the part that makes it because I go lie. This is probably the clip I want, but I would feel some type of way. And then I go for it. I was thinking like, man, it's a, since you did get back to me, I'm thinking, man, my last name is Thomas, although it's Cody, but and I hope there's no there's no relations. And it's funny thing because I know you said things about Cody Parkey. My best friend's name is Nick, so it's just you know. Oh so. wow, that's hilarious, Nick it and is. Cody. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> All right, um, so 
So we get it some more for the NFL stuff. So, you know, you big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. What are your expectations for uh, the Steelers this year? Well, um, knowing that this is most likely, well, I should say it's a guarantee. They like to make it seem as if it's not, but it's a guarantee this is going to be Ben's last year. So since that's the case, Pittsburgh right now has probably the best defense. Well, although they have, you know, some minor tweaks, losing a Bud Dupree and uh, um, they lost somebody else. It's, it's escaped me right now. I believe it was somebody else on the D line, yeah. uh, but uh, Hargrave, I believe he went to the, um, okay. the Jets, but losing those guys um, is going to be very tough, but this is still a top five defense in the league. Yes. And when Ben was throwing, you know, 30 plus touchdowns a season, AB Le'Veon Bell was at the top of the league, mm -hmm. all pro, they lacked the defense. So last year truly was one of their best opportunities to go all the way because the NFL was wide open. There was no clear cut team that appeared to not be able to be beat, but yeah. they blew it because offensively they just simply refused to figure it out. Yeah. So I think, they're they're going to be able to make it back to the postseason because they're talented enough to do so. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of remaining disciplined and finishing, you know, finishing the job. My, it's Super Bowl or bus. It, 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 it's going to be Super Bowl and Super Bowl or bus because I have no sort of the future of Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins and whoever else or Josh Dobbs at quarterback. They're all uncertain. We, we won't know what kind of players they are until we finally cross that bridge. But we know what Roethlisberger can do. Yeah. So I would hope. They're able to go ahead, win the division, or even if they don't win the division, at least qualify for the postseason, get mm -hmm. that ticket to the playoffs. And once you got that ticket, it's anybody's game. So okay. that's okay. what I'm going for. So so one thing, one more thing about for like the, the Steelers, because I'm a big Miami Hurricane fan. So, you know, Quincy Roche was drafted to your team. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing for y'all? Because, I mean, I could ask a fan of the team, you know, because I know how he did over in Miami, but that was college. So, I mean, was that a good pick for you guys? Well, I like to think so because we need all the added depth that we can definitely get. Right. And every single player can help here. Like, it yeah. truly has to be in a next up, kind, mm -hmm. next man up kind of situation. Somebody go down, get them in there, go and be productive, bottom line. Right, right. Like, I think our best draft pick, I'm pretty sure it's going to have to be, you know, Najee Harris. Yeah. So we're going to need that yeah. guy to get going yes. ASAP because I don't think James Conner was the problem last year. I yeah. think it was a collective of, the offensive line and the unwillingness to run the football. So if anything, I expect Pittsburgh to have a much more balanced offense going into this season. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, so here's another one I got. How did you come up with the sayings, hold my nuggets and put your motherfucking head back down? Cause that is just, is gold. But how did you even come up with that? Well, um, hold my nuggets. I've been saying that since high school. Like we've always said that we've always been saying like, oh man, you on my nuggets. I hold my nuggets. Cause I think it all came back from um that old video that had went viral where it was like a Darren Sharp, a hold my dick, that shit oh, from man. years back. So that I remember I'm like, yeah, I can't really say that in class. So what if I say <laughs> nuggets instead? So then I, that kind of just drew the inspiration from there. And then I've always just something happens. Like if we're playing basketball, you uh -huh. train a jump shot in somebody's face or you get a great layup with a, a little bit of English on the basketball. I would just say, ah, you hold, held my nuggets or something like that. Yeah. So then once it came to doing the commentary, I'm like, all right, here, here we go. There's just something that I can do there and put your motherfucking head back down. Honestly, when I was doing the commentary on um in week five, when Nick Folk had missed those three field goals. Yes. Um, 
he just happened to in the clip because at that that whole season I was just take the mic, hold the mic, press record, and just run. So everything was like straight through. But um, that he in the clip he put his head down. So then once he put his head down, I put your motherfucker head back, and it stuck. So I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> the people like it. Was crazy. Okay, so I I mentioned week six being the first one I officially watched, but that particular one because I watched that whole game, and I want to say that's when I was. I was really heavily doing the fantasy football. And I don't remember, I may have had some people on the Patriots as well as the Buccaneers. So of course I'm watching the game and it's Thursday and it's some, it's, it's a vibe. But mm-hmm. the fact that I was just looking at this man, like he missed another one. So when you did that, I think that was the one that stuck for me. Like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely making sure notifications, subscribe, all that stuff. But the fact that even that was just an organic saying, and then from now on, that's just how I just just think of kickers or anybody in that nature. Hey, props to you, brother, for that. <laughs> All right, so I know you're also a big wrestling fan. Oh, and yeah. I want to uh, also shout out for the Jabba Tears podcast, because I remember you guys said that you uh, prefer the ruthless aggression era over the uh, the attitude era. And I'm not going to front, because I started watching wrestling in 98. Hmm. But... It hit different once I got older to kind of realize what all was going on. So I do agree with you on that. But but um, but what was like for you, what's your favorite like ruthless aggression era moment if you could think of one? My favorite rule. Oh, it would have to be um the end of WrestleMania 20. It would it, Benoit mm-hmm. and Eddie in that ring. Yeah. And I, I I haven't I haven't cried since my last high school game in 2011. Mm-hmm. But watching that, I always get like you could feel the tears forming. So you gotta not nah, yeah. nah, I'm a I'm a gangster. Oh, I ain't gonna right. try. So it's like that that right there was probably the pinnacle. And then also because I, I guess the PG era started at. 20 uh, um 2008 but i like i like to i like to say through 2009 was i'd count 2009 because that was the orton and triple h feud and that's definitely more ruthless aggression than it is you know pg but unfortunately you know ruthless aggression is 2002 to 2008 so i'd have to say um definitely uh uh, eddie and benoit their moment at the end of wrestlemania 20 um Probably uh, Undertaker and Edge, their feud in um, 2008 was gold. And also Jeff Hardy, you know, finally winning that Mm -hmm. WWE championship in the end of 2008. I think it was Armageddon. Yeah, it was was Armageddon. So those, those three moments, and I know I'm forgetting something, but those three moments definitely are at the top of the list for me. Okay. Those are great moments, too, especially for WrestleMania 20. I still have that DVD. I bought it. Probably about probably a month after it had released, and I won't watch like for any like certain ones like when it was on WWE Network and now Peacock. It's certain ones I won't watch because that DVD is so organic to me that mm-hmm. I gotta put it in. So in that moment, and it, it, of course, with everything that happened, but I still can relive that moment just from that alone. Um, and then uh, so uh, what do you think of SummerSlam right now? If you uh, you know, are you still keeping up with everything that's going on? Yeah, I'm keeping up with everything that's going on. Thus far, I'd say SummerSlam looks like it can be a very, very good card. Although I feel as if they really dropped the ball on Lashley, because I think it should be Lashley and Brock, not Lashley and Goldberg. Not to say the mystique of Goldberg has since uh, evaporated at this point, because it wasn't even just a match against Taker at Saudi Arabia. It's just the lack of 
the wrestling fan now doesn't want these squash matches sort of situation. We want to see guys who can go in the ring and, you know, put on a damn showcase. Not to say Goldberg's incapable of doing that, but that doesn't work with his character. Yeah. Oh, well, then again, I mean, in, in 2003, when he came, he started working longer matches and it just did not work. It worked for me when I was younger. But then looking back, there was so much more that could have been done. So um, I think SummerSlam, the Universal Championship between um Cena and Reigns, that's mm-hmm. going to be magnificent. It is. Uh, because Cena always brings his A game at SummerSlam. And Reigns, in my opinion, is the best thing going in the wrestling world right now. I'm loving the work from him right now. Yeah. Absolutely. And then um, you've got a, a I guess it's going to end up being a triple threat match between uh, Nikki A.S.H., Charlotte, and Rhea oh, Ripley. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's going to end up where it was going. I haven't really watched the full episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. Raw just. You know, and I think I'm trying to get back into it because now they got the fans back in, and so it brings a you know better thing. Because after seeing the TV screens for a while, after a while, it gets old. But um, so we'll see how that works. You know, if yeah. I realize it's gonna be triple threat now and everything. Yeah, there's that, and then yeah. uh, um, Finn Balor has since returned. And I'm pretty sure he's gonna be end up working with Corbin because Corbin cost him, you know, the contract yeah. signing. I'm not too. I, I wanted Balor to fight against somebody else, okay. but uh, um, there's that match and the Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. That's gonna be. You know, that's going to be magnificent. I see you got the Tampa uh, um, shirt. Did you go? Oh, yeah, I got to this? Rest, of, rest of mel- Melanin, you know. Um, ah, yeah, okay, okay. Like, out there, so, yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Did you get a chance to go to? Um, Are you in Tampa? No, I'm, I'm in Oklahoma City. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I'm in Oklahoma City. And um, actually, to be honest with you, the, the biggest show I've been to as a wrestling fan, like, and I'll say, like, just for, this, for like, WWE way, is – um. Great Balls of Fire, 2017. Ah, I I believe Brock was the champion during that yes. time, was he? And yeah, I, um, my wife and I, we drove to Dallas. It was, it, okay, it's funny how the story happens because I want to say it was Extreme Rules when they had like the Fatal Five Way, I would say Balor and Samoa Joe, and I forgot the rest of the people that was in it. And I remember watching, and she had came down and sat next to me, and I was saying like, you know, I think they may have put the commercial for Great Balls of Fire Right before, you know, because the winner mm-hmm. of that match was going to be number one contender. Yeah. And I said something to nature. I was like, you know, if Joe is a battle wins, I don't mind going to the Dallas just for a day just to go out and go see it. Joe wins. Yep. I'm like, oh, so we really got to do this now. So <laughs> we, you know, and, and, I've been, and I've been the one pay-per-view, but I didn't get to stay. Like, and I don't want to really put out the story for that one. But didn't get, because we had one in Oklahoma City was uh, Unforgiven Unforgiven 2005. Didn't get to go that one. Or really get the experience so great balls of fire was my first one and i went to that show and the name to me sucked but Mm -hmm. the show was just perfect it was way it needed to go i didn't think all the show members in their in their respective uh, matches were gonna lose Mm -hmm. um brian Brian was a madman that that whole ambulance thing it was a great show so that was the biggest one but yeah i'm in oklahoma city and um so we don't get as big shows because i want to say you're in new york um we don't get the shows like you guys get over there but we get what we can and it's all good yeah definitely i mean there's a lot of a lot of pay-per-views that because the biggest one i've been to was wrestlemania 35 oh and 
And that was, I mean, yeah, I got, to, and I was, I was so upset because at WrestleMania 29, it was in the, you know, it was in MetLife Stadium yeah. as well. And mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to see that. And Rock was headlining. And at the time, Rock has always been my favorite performer, my favorite super, well, not favorite performer, my favorite superstar. Yeah. Or my favorite wrestler was Chris Benoit. But uh, uh, The Rock was at the top of the list. So I'm like, man, I got to get out there and see. It. And I never got to see The Rock um, at least wrestle in the ring. I did see him live once when mm-hmm. uh, um at raw brooklyn in 2014 but uh yeah man going to wrestlemania is just wild and seeing the rock was great because that was the very first monday night raw i ever went to like i keep mm-hmm. every single ticket of all the big events that i go to so i still have it when this dude mute because it was a dead raw Yes. And out of nowhere, if you're sm- and I thought the big show was going to come out. So when I heard if you're sm- wait a minute, I, right. it, was, it was craziness because I sat in the um the second row okay. of the uh, um the the, the 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 section that starts to have the seats rise. OK. You know, okay. So I'm like bef- I'm behind the floor section, but mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm right there so I can see everything. There yeah. was a, a there was a man who appeared to look like he was a businessman, this black father with his two sons and his sons are sleeping on his lap. Uh Right. But he looks like he was about at the time I had just turned 20. Uh-huh. But this guy, he looked like he was about seven years older, man, like late 20s kind of situation. The uh-huh. rock music hit. This man flew out of his seat. <laughs> like it looked like his kids, their heads, because they was on both opposite sides of them. They just flew to the other side uh-huh. of the chair and he forgot he was a father. He went back <laughs> to childhood. Like, let's go. Finally. Like the kids was. I, I could. I think the kids were crying or whatever. I didn't even pay much attention to them either. It was like the rock is out there. Fuck them kids. We right. gonna have a magnificent. <laughs> you know, we gonna have a magnificent night. It was. It was amazing, man. Oh, so you got some great moments. Oh, and I gotta credit the uh, the rock because one, it's another reason why I'm actually big Miami Hurricane fan. So I started watching wrestling '98. So when I'm hearing that he played for them and won the championship with them. And made because I, you know, Hill Rock Nation of Domination Rock is where I was introduced, and that's one of my favorite rocks. So you know, and so that man is amazing. And I, and at least I got to see him wrestle. I think once uh, it was a tag match. You know, it was the night that uh that uh, Taker turned Hill. You know, beat up Jim Ross. I I went to all the open. Wow. And I pretty and I've seen Jim Ross get beat up frequently. So yeah, <laughs> it, at this yeah, point, yeah. we try to make it bets what, what was going to happen to him. So yes, the, the kids yeah. Any any time they came back to Oklahoma, they go take advantage of Jim yeah. Ross because they know so, the crowd is over for Jim Ross. Yeah, it, you know uh, the the last time I want to say because he was still with the company would have been 2012. It's the last time I got to see him like in like in the city for it. Um, it was when I thought CM Punk was gonna beat him up, and then Ryback was still with the company, and then he came back in and stuff. And but I was just surprised because it was JR Appreciation Night, and I was like, "Oh God, this is not gonna go well." We like as me and my friends are going to the arena, like, "What's gonna happen to him tonight?" He gonna he already kissed McMahon's ass. He ain't gonna do that. What's the worst that's gonna happen? I thought who gonna be jumped? I don't know. So gotta say that I was I was shocked that Undertaker turned heel because I didn't see that one coming. I didn't either. <laughs> It, it, it came imagine, out of nowhere. Imagine a, a young version of me watching this, and I, we had really good seats to the point where, like, we was pretty close to catching that um, that um, elbow pad from the rock. You know, that's oh, how close wow. we were. 
And uh, I remember seeing this and I was like, wait, what? It, it, it still, it ruins the, you know, the mistake. And here's the thing, that hill run from him was great. So I appreciate it years later as I got older. Like, you know what? It, it's not that bad. So yeah. Um, okay, just a couple more because I, you know, I, you know, once I get into wrestling, you know, I can't stop with it. So, <laughs> what you got for the rest of this year? Oh, uh, um, for the rest of the year, well, for one, I know the NFL, you know, is coming up, so that's gonna be big. The NFL commentary series got to get that done. Yeah. Um, there's that. I have. Um, I want to do like what I did with Mike Tyson, where I covered his career, mm-hmm. um, over the course of five videos. So now I'm thinking about who I want to cover next. The only problem is I, I want to do Ali. Okay. But I don't know if they have the um the footage of his early days of like the extreme early days, his debut and everything. So I just want to be able to cover a fighter from start to finish. Okay. And I think one person that I might be able to pull off is Julian Jackson. Oh. So I think I might go that route. I wanted to do Floyd because I know all of Floyd's fights are out there, right, right. but um, because he's still so he, he's still relatively fresh. He fought mm-hmm. in the 2010s. I won't really count what he did in the 20s, but uh, uh, because he he fought then, I know the copyright is still super strong to where I don't mind if they you know copyright you know, claim the video and I don't get paid for it. Like the, the if you looked at my channel, the amount of videos that I've done that mm-hmm. are like. They're monetized, but for other people, um, yeah. it's crazy. But I don't mind if that happens. Okay. But I just don't want to have a situation where they block it and then strike the channel. So um, I'm going to probably do another fighter as well. So definitely up for the, for the rest of this year, NFL commentary, um, a series on at least two fighters, and then just an array of, you know, content throughout the remainder of the year. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. And so last thing I want to ask is, uh, what do you see yourself in two years? Oh, man. Well, in two years, for one, I I have to get to that million subscriber mark because my goal for the end of this year is 500K. Mm -hmm. um, And I got to 350 at the end of July. I think I'm at like 356 right now. So I really got to get it together Um, and and pick up, you know, the the, pick up the pace. But I want a million by the conclusion of uh, next year. And then after that, I would have to say in two years, mid 20. 23 i want to be able to i, I want to have a 30 minute comedy special out okay i like that yeah so it, i want to have a 30 minute support. comedy special out oh yeah oh yeah because uh, um i i stand up is ultimately what the goal is like i, yes. I t- to end my entire career sell out madison square garden and i, like that. I don't I like think that. i don't think there's a single person um, at least who started on the internet during this mm-hmm. internet age who had gotten to the point that they sold out MSG. It's been done before. And I yeah. know that um, that that's one of the reasons why I got on the internet, because mm-hmm. uh, like I had stated before at the beginning of this was um, they said it takes seven years to find your funny. But the problem yeah. is if it's solely through stand up, the amount of years just to build and cultivate a following is crazy. But with the advent of the internet, you now are in a situation where like my very first video I ever recorded, I was ranting in the car about the weather defects. It started raining. People didn't know how to drive. I had done my open mic, my very first open mic about three weeks prior. Mm -hmm. And I did that stand up in front of 18 people. Mm -hmm. I posted that two and a half minute video. And it got a thousand views in a day. At that point, I said, oh, this internet thing is, 
this internet thing is real. So what, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do both. So right now, a lot of people who are getting their start on social media, it just gets your foot in the door yes. because you're building the demand, you know, on your own. Because these bookers and, and, and these, 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 you know, promoters in, in stand-up game, they'll take advantage of you. Yeah. They'll take it. So, so what I'm doing is I'm building my following. And then when I have enough followers to it, they're like, yo, um, we, we would love to come out to watch you. Yo, we'd love to see you live. All right, cool. I've already got my 50 to 100 people who just show up just for me without having to go through the whole gambit of doing stand up for years upon years. But yeah. I'm still doing both to make sure when that time does come, I don't I don't want to be in a situation where you get on stage. Now, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know right. how to deliver a right set and everything. So, right. uh, yeah, that's that, that that's what I want what I want down the line. But two years, definitely got to have that 30-minute comedy special out. I got to have some body of work, you yo, know, on the stand-up stage. And, uh, yo, and when you do, I'm definitely going to listen back to this clip right here, knowing the fact that I was like, man, he said it right there. Hey, look, he did it. So I'm excited for you uh, as well. Go ahead and plug your socials so everybody can follow you. That, you know, since you have a lot of fans, but for the people that don't know you, go ahead and plug your socials. All right, so for those who don't know me, you can find me at Chiseled Adonis on everything. Well, Facebook is going to be Chiseled Adonis Reloaded because the, ori the original page got blocked. So, yeah. yeah, they took me down, had 122K. I think that was the one that you initially had saw me on. Yeah. They took that one down. But now the second one, we even better. We at 143. Okay, so, good, good, good. Uh, yeah, so Chiseled Adonis Reloaded on Facebook, but uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, um, Snapchat, TikTok, Pornhub, everything yeah, at chiseled adonis you'll find my videos there i do commentary on everything under the sun and on top of that i'm a hilarious man without the mic in my hand and just screaming into the camera whether it's <laughs> a rant or breaking down something that a harlot said or talking about social issue whatever it is i'm a one-stop shop for all things comedy i like that i like that all right well thank you once again for being part of access code podcast and we'll go ahead and get into the next segment y'all Props once again to Chiseled Adonis for being part of Access Code. Y'all, for real, I'm just happy I was able to get him on the podcast, y'all. For real. And let's get into the next segment, Two for Tuesdays. I ain't plugging nothing this week. We're going to get right on to it. Uh, since Sunday was Nipsey Hussle's 36th birthday, I got to go ahead and go to Keys to My City, one of my favorite Nipsey Hussle songs. Probably just 
just had sex with him She's out of your possession You cannot protect her This South Central, that's my residence Deadly like those seven sins And if I'm not the king of this I must be the president OMG, I'm ill as shit Money is my medicine Shout out to my niggas in the pen Text messaging Shout out to them bitches getting it in In they crevices Conjugal visits make sex seem so irrelevant Forget about the risk we took, I never can Rebel in this white man's world until they bury him Being broke is so un-American That's why I'm screaming all money in till it ends Nigga Nipsey, the marathon indeed continues. Let's get into the next two for Tuesdays, y'all. Pac-Man, Zach Fox, Bob and Weave. 
Okay, let's let's go. Let, I just want to speak like some some real life facts. You know what I mean? Some shit I've just been dealing with. But let's go. Look. Out here you gotta bob and weave. I knew I was popping when the opps said he proud of me. My girl fucked another nigga while we was in love. That's why I don't believe a bitch once he said she down for me. Out here you gotta stick and move. Even as a baby I was making plays in the womb. I sent a women's basketball player hella news. I don't give a fuck if it was spirit, bitch. I got flu. It's your drink collab, BFB and Zach Fox. I'm fat, funny built, so don't ask me why my crack out. She won Ocean Prime, but I took the bitch to Black Rock. My uncle mistreated me. That nigga smoking crack now. When it come to STDs, whoo. I'm the mascot. I'm up for honey packs, dick harder than the math. Oh. Emmett Till Grave is February, about to act out. For 28 days, have white women suck my black cock. Man, your pockets brittle. Centurini, Grease, Sneaky Link, me and Karen Civil. Yeah. Don't wear condoms, truth be told, I can't even fit. If Lizzo sold her coochie juice, I wanna buy a swiggle. I need a helping hand, my brother stole my laptop, he back to smoking meth again. I got a young bitch, she's so young, and I'm Jackie Chan. Got a bubble bag before we mm. fuck, bitch, I met the man. I'm the man around town, do your research. I'll fuck this money up till my meat hurt. My ten toes so down, they underneath earth. My neck so cold, my nipples poking out my t-shirt. Don't let me in your house, I'll be done stole something. The sweet I'm smoking hella quiet like I roll nothing. I tried to cook crack once with my slow cousin. Burn my auntie kitchen down, cause we left the stove running. I'll light a nigga up like a hookah torch. Got a gay shooter with a Ruger in his booty shorts. I be hanging with my op son, making pillow forts. Baby mama let me re-up with the child support. Niggas talking gun shit, but ain't did no sliding. I just fucked the old bitch with rheumatoid arthritis. I don't fuck with no loud nigga, this OG silence. I can dress my goddamn self, I don't need no stylus. I, I, I ain't fresh, what the hell you mean? Nigga, I could probably fuck Rihanna in this L.O. Bean. Pockets full of them blues, bitch, I'm B.B. King. 40 in my shorts, cuddled up with my ding-a-ling. Nigga, try to make a move, throw them bows on them. I got a glitch on my wrist, bitch, it froze on them. I treat my guns like my sons, I put clothes on them. Bitch, if it's up, it stay up like it's no bottom. I put my team on my back like an old possum. Niggas wanna fight, it ain't no problem. Hold your nuts like you might wipe his nose off. Do them like Joe Jackson, beat the right notes out of Everyone, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Before I leave, I got to give out a couple birthday shout outs. So I got to say happy birthday to Zoe. And you guys know who Zoe is. She's the one that always say, Fly Pod! And tomorrow, Wednesday, will be her birthday. So happy birthday, Zoe. And also, I got to say happy birthday to my sister-in-law, Tracy, if you're listening to this. Happy birthday. And um, yeah, so... uh. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, of course. Rate, review, subscribe my podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, as well as Podbean. And follow me on the social media accounts, which is going to be Twitter and Instagram, honestly. And that's at access code pod for a future two for Tuesdays feature. Um, email me at accesscodepod at gmail.com and everything. Y'all, real quick, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just say this right now. I might, and, and, and we're going to see how everything works out. I may be giving you guys two episodes next week, so stay tuned for that. You know, got something planned and everything, but we're going to see how it all works out, so stay tuned. And um, I think I covered everything out there. Once again, Chisel the Donuts, thank you so much, brother, for being part of the podcast, and good luck to everything going on. Everybody, for real, support. 
watch the YouTube series, uh, Facebook. He already plugged everything in. So go do that right now. And you know what I like to say at the end of the podcast. I love you guys. Thank you once again for listening. Fly pod. Yeah. I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs>